0: Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at UniteChurchAK.org. Now enjoy this message from Mariah Anderson. Good morning, church. I'm excited to be here with you guys this morning. Last week, Josh was talking about honoring the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's presence and God's presence is not for sale that God's presence is not in exchange for the good works that we can do or that we could earn on our own, but that the Holy Spirit would not be manipulated for his benefits. The Holy Spirit will not be manipulated for his benefits and miss out on relationship, connection, and intimacy with his people, with his children. Just think about that. He loves you so much, he won't even let you manipulate him to get what you want because he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. And Josh asked us those hard questions. Do we love the gift more than the giver? Do we love the power of the Holy Spirit more than the all-powerful one? And he encouraged us to hunger and thirst after the presence of God. Just like the Psalms, like a deer pants for water, so our soul longs for Jesus. And this would be the cry of our heart, that we would hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, that we would hunger and thirst for his presence, that we would hunger and thirst for more of who he is, and that we would be filled and we would be satisfied. And we would live in the richness of His glory and His goodness. His presence is a free gift. To all who believe and who put their trust in Jesus, it is our right as children of God to spend time in the presence of our Father. What a privilege as a child of God that it is your right to spend time in his presence. That you don't have to earn it, you don't have to work for it, but that it's yours. Take it, it's yours. I love that. The Bible is absolutely clear that the Holy Spirit and God's presence is living in us. That we are carriers of his presence, each one of us. That we have been given this gift, this promise of the Holy Spirit and he empowers us from the inside out to do more, to be more than we could ever hope to be on our own and in our own strength that we are carriers of his presence for the purpose of bringing him glory. For the purpose, there's a purpose, not just sit and be and soak and get stale, but to bring him glory by doing good things. He empowers us to do more, be more than we could ever hope to be and that we don't have to strive to be on our own. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are a temple, God's temple, and that the spirit of God lives within you? Don't you know that you are God's temple and his spirit lives within you? I want to stop here and let's just pray. And then we're going to talk about being the temple of God and being carriers of his spirit, carriers of his presence. Jesus, we exalt you in this house this morning. We lift you high, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would do what only you can do, that you would change minds, soften hearts, open ears and open eyes. That you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to be bold, to be overcomers, that we would soak up like a sponge all that you have for us, all of your goodness, all of your nature. And that you would just almost give us like a supercharge in your spirit today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Ezekiel 37 14 says, I will put my spirit in you and you will come alive. You will come alive in his presence. It's a place of blessing. In his presence, there's a place of comfort, of restoration, of healing. In his presence, there's clarity and peace, guidance and strength. In his presence, all of our questions are answered. All of our needs are met. He is our hope. And it's where our purpose is found. We We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives on this earth. We carry his presence and we represent him by the way that we live, by the way that we love, by the things that we say. We are his representatives because he lives inside of you and he makes you come alive, so you represent him by the way that you live. We are his ambassadors. And an ambassador represents the character and the nature of the one who sends them. We are an ambassador of God. So we represent the one who sends us. An ambassador speaks the message of the one who sends him. An ambassador speaks with the same authority as the one who sends him. And an ambassador is always in high communication with the one who sends him. 1 John 4, 17 says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect so that we won't be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I take away this when I read this. This is like a key. Since I live in God, I live like Jesus. Just skip all the stuff in the middle, even though it's really, really good. As I live in God, as I connect to the vine, as his life flows through me, as I spend time in his presence, as I spend time with the Holy Spirit, then the fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to work in me, and I live like Jesus here in this world. As I live in God, I live like Jesus here in this world. We have his very presence living on the inside of us. We have access to his nature anytime that we need it or want it. And we have fellowship and communion with the God of the universe, the one who hung the stars the one who created everything. He lives inside of you. You're the temple of God. His presence dwells within you. It doesn't just come and rest upon you and then leaves. He doesn't just empower you for an assignment and then leaves. He lives inside of you. Access 100% of the time, all the time. Open 365, 24, 7. Always. He never leaves. We become lovers of his presence when we engage with him in this level. We get to know his nature, his motives just like Jesus spent time with the father and did nothing apart from the father as Jesus represented his father and he came down as an ambassador from heaven to earth to advocate on our behalf we we now get to be representatives of Jesus let's look at Jesus' life and how he represented the father John 5 19 and 20 says this so Jesus explained I tell you the truth the son can do nothing by himself he only does what he sees the father doing whatever the father does the son also does For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. He doesn't hide what he's doing. The father shows the son everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. I judge just as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just, because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Even Jesus, who is depending on the Father for his instruction and direction of what he will do, how he will say, what he will carry into this world, Jesus retreats even from disciples so he can go and be with his Father. So Jesus can represent the Father here on this earth, and he tells his disciples, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And Jesus tells Philip this in John 14, 9 through 10, he says, Jesus replies, have I not been with you this whole time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me now to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Church, don't you believe that you're in the Father and the Father is in you? He's in you. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. The Father who lives in you, church, does his work through you. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is doing his work through you. You are his ambassador. You are his representative. And lastly, John 12, 49, it says, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. If Jesus even needed to depend on the Father for what to say and how to say it, We should depend on the Father and be in high communication with the Holy Spirit, what to say and how to say it, when to say it, when to speak, when to move, so that we can walk hand in hand, step in step with the Holy Spirit in perfect unity, with him just as Jesus depended on the Father so that he could represent the Father to the world. We now get to be the same representation as Jesus was to the whole world. So God loves us so much that he sent his son to represent him well. Then he decided, I'm going to make my home inside of them and fill them with the Holy Spirit so they will become my temple One, he gives us his representative, the Holy Spirit. It says in John 14, 26, but the Father sends his advocate as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. This is so good. So he places his presence in us so that we would never be alone. Do you know a person who is alone, grows insecure, grows isolated, and gives up? So a person who's not alone has assurances, right? We are not alone. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The Father is with us. He doesn't just come and rest upon us and then leave us. So he places his Holy Spirit in us so that we would never be alone. Then we have every assurance. And then his presence, this is like, I just love the I love God because he's like the master strategist ever. Then his presence cannot be contained. It has no boundaries and it's limitless because wherever you go, his presence goes also. Whatever meeting you walk into, whatever family you marry into, whatever school you attend, whatever business you start, your presence, his presence goes with you into it. His be- and then his presence and his glory has no limits. It has no boundaries because wherever you go, he goes he cannot be contained and then he cannot be stopped as much as you won't be stopped he won't be stopped and if he and if you stop he will find somebody else to go because his presence and his glory has a, it has an assignment on it the world needs to know and we are his ambassadors his represent his representatives i want to talk about influencers for a minute and representatives because the world is using this type of marketing all over the place do you know that you can become a social influencer you can actually sign up if you are like social media savvy and have a large social media following, you can sign up to be an influencer, an Amazon influencer or a um, even Instagram influencer. But organizations, markets, and brands are all using ambassadors and represent, representatives, people who will support and promote their products through a natural and organic relationship. A study performed by no- Nelson said that the best form of advertising is still word of mouth. Messages sent by other people who recommend, recommend service products and brands. And they're all spreading a message. They're representing a brand. Celebrities, politicians, athletes, people with large social media followings, whatever. They shout and they declare that they're social influencers. That they're shaping nations and they're determining trends. That they're redefining what love is and what love does, and where love is gonna go. And the church, I'm concerned, have we lost our voice, have we forfeited our voice in this representation of the world? To influence the world. Are we just playing it safe in small spheres of influence with people who are 98% the same as us? Or are we representing the name of Jesus and the thing that we carry inside of us to this world? because God made his people to be the salt and the light of the world to help preserve the world and also to illuminate his nature. America is sadly becoming from going from a Christian culture to a post Christian culture faster than we ever imagined. And soon the level of secularization in this nation will match the same as Europe and Australia and Canada and the demographic, the demographic of people who are claiming non-religious affiliation is growing and has now emerged as the largest religious demographic in the world. Larger than the group of evangelicals or Roman Catholics. This is the culture that we're living in. Where America's going to be the new place where we're going to need missionaries. Because people are giving up and turning their back on, on being religious. And guess what? Religious isn't going to save anybody. And if we don't have God's presence distinguishing us today, then we have nothing to offer the world except for dead religion. We won't have anything to offer the world except for dead religion. Today, today issues that used to be hidden in shame and considered sin are now celebrated and popular and even promoted in the world and even in the house of God. And this shouldn't be. And culture and media is encouraging self-love as this revelational truth and that true acceptance and belonging doesn't require you to change. In fact, if people require you to change, then they're not your friend. Don't care what they say. Find a new group of friends who will just accept you as you are. But Jesus says real change comes through when we sacrifice our life for other people. The true unity and belonging come from when we change our life for Jesus. When we're made one in the spirit, when we actually do change, because we are not divine. Jesus is the only one who is divine. We are sinful, messed up beings with no help outside of the grace of God. And true, the true belonging comes from him. We are carriers of his presence. We are influencers for his glory. Where are all the hungry people of God who are prioritizing his presence? Where are the people who are going to prioritize, sacrifice, wait and pray for God to show up? In a world that's perf- so performance-based, the people of God should be presence-based. Because the future of the church, the future of, like, the church, not just, like, the institution church, the church as a whole, belongs to people who are going to be brave in his presence. Brave to sacrifice, brave to give up, brave to speak up, brave to act, brave, brave to prioritize his presence over programs and performance. In the body of God, we need to so desperately need to learn how to cultivate that hunger within people that it will draw people back to God. Because we have we have the counselor. We have the counselor living inside of us. We have wisdom to navigate life's difficult situations. We have the answers to the world's problems. We have all the same creativity that dwells within Christ to give us the minds of Christ and creativity to solve Problems that are complicated. Like Eleanor was saying a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit can make you so smart. There's no problem that He can't solve. But I think that sometimes we find ourselves fumbling and doubting and minimizing and questioning what it is to be carriers of God's presence. Let's look at the life of Moses. Over the course of Moses' life, he witnessed miraculous wonders and signs and blessings, protection and provision. He saw a burning bush. He heard an audible voice. He saw the ocean split before him. He saw incredible things in the presence of God. He asked the Lord, I want to see your glory. He met with God face to face in the tent of meeting. He was literally transfigured on the mountaintop where his face shone with the glory of God. I think we can learn something from the life of Moses about God's presence. As as he prepared to embark on a journey to take God's people into God's vision for them, Moses had one stipulation that he asked of the Lord, that your presence would go with us. And he says this in a moment of desperation. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by you going with us? that we may be distinguished from all other people who are on the face of this earth? Is it not by God's presence that we are distinguished amongst all other people on the face of the earth? God's presence distinguishes us. God's presence marks us. God's presence changes us. It should separate us from all other people on the face of the earth. And Moses understood that God's presence was a sign of God's pleasure for his people. And that it was to distinguish them from all other people on the place of the earth. And carrying God's presence means that we have access to his very nature. Not just that his presence is around us, but his presence is literally a part of us. He changes us so that it's not like, oh, I have access to this thing and I'll just like plug it in. No, you are literally changed into his very likeness. So that once I was not patient and now I'm patient. Once I was not kind, but now I'm kind. Once I was angry, but now I have peace. Like, literally, part of who we are, it becomes our nature. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are transformed and renewed in His presence. So, as set apart Christians, our character and our life should reflect God's character. Moses knew so well that he had nothing to lead these people with. If he didn't have God, he had nothing. No leadership skills, no persuasive words, no clever wisdom, no sophisticated marketing, no strategic planning was going to be able to accomplish what needed to be done. Nothing. Moses needed God and God alone. God's presence would make the difference, God's presence would fill the gap, God's presence would make him able. And he knew this so deeply. Exodus 33, 9-11 says it came to pass when Moses entered the tent of meeting and the pillar of cloud, God's presence, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord talked to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. One translation said Joshua lingered. Joshua lingered in God's presence. Pastor Bill Johnson said that when the prevailing atmosphere in the pres- is the presence of God himself, hunger is created in the hearts of people. I'm going to say that one more time. When, pre- when the prevailing atmosphere is the presence of God himself, hunger is created in the hearts of people. Moses was creating hunger in the life of his protege, Joshua. Joshua by the way that he prayed, by the way that he spent time in in God's presence. So Moses modeled prayer for Joshua with talking to God face-to-face. Conversations with a friend one-on-one are not rushed. You linger in them. You soak in them. You gain joy from them. Love and devotion take time, and it takes time to be in God's presence. Joshua's ascent into leadership was not on accident. He was actually formed through his mentorship with Moses and transformed through his relationship with God. And as Joshua served Moses, he lingered in God's presence and he discovered where Moses' strength came from and where his power came from. And it came from God's presence. The book of Isaiah in chapter 64, verse 4, it says, it gives us a um, promise for those who linger in God's presence it says, for the beginning of the world, men have not heard or perceived by ear nor eye has seen any God beside you. The one who acts for those who wait on him. God is waiting for a people who will wait on him. Who will wait and who will linger in God's presence. Who will pray in God's presence. Who will pray in the, in, will pray and wait in God's presence. Prioritize it. Pray in it. Wait in it. Prayer is one of the ways that we prioritize presence. Prayer is one of the ways that we wait in his presence. Prayer is the one of the ways that we cultivate and stir up hunger in God's presence. There is so much power in prayer. That face-to-face conversation with God happens in our prayer life. In the way that we pray to Jesus, the pray that we cry out in desperation for all of who he is prayer breaks change it breaks bondages it heals and it delivers it sets people free it pushes back darkness there is authority in prayer church let's not grow stale in the way that we pray let's not be boring in the way that we pray let's stir up the gift of prayer in this house that we would hunger and thirst through our prayer life for the presence of God, that we would prioritize it in the way that we pray. Because biblical prayer is that we get to know God better, that we get to know who he is. Oswald Chambers says that prayer is not a matter of changing things on the external, but one working miracles in a person's inner nature. Prayer is where you're going to change. It's when we get on our face in God's presence, when we have these moments. We have these moments where we encounter him. The life-giving power of the Holy Spirit and God living in you, being made perfect in you, suffers when you neglect your prayer life. When we don't prioritize our prayer life. This is one of the ways that we're going to discover kingdom values is in our prayer life. We got to stir it back up, hunger and thirst for it. Because the enemy hates it when we pray. He hates it so much when we pray because prayer drives unity in the church. It's where God's going to speak to you about where there's division and where there's cracks in the foundation. And he's going to speak to you about what he values and how you can be corrected. And the Holy Spirit is so gentle with his correction and his discipline when it's said to you through your prayer life. It's time to stir up the gift of prayer. It's time to linger in God's presence. When we do, God's going to transform us into catalysts that are going to change nations that are going to change cities. But I want to I look at some of the renowned people of the Bible, all the greats of the Bible. Come on, you know them. You see them in the book of Hebrews, and it just lists down the heroes of the faith. But they were all the same as us. When we, look at, when we look at Abraham, Joseph, Moses, when we look at Esther and Deborah, they are all the same as us, insecure, worried, doubtful, hesitant, prideful, insecure people. But God, but God, What made them extraordinary? What made them distinct from other people? It's only God's presence. Everything flows from God's presence. His presence makes us bold. His presence makes us secure. His presence makes us confident, makes us overcomers. His presence is the difference maker. Esther would have just been another pretty face. Seriously, she would have just been another beautiful face. But instead, because of God's presence, she stopped an entire genocide of her people. And through the favor that God gave her in his presence, she found a position and and found courage and found her voice. And there are many of you who are searching for your voice at this time. Many of you who who might even be sitting in this room right now who have not had the courage and have not found the power of your story. And God wants to tell you that you're not just another beautiful face sitting in a crowd of people. But God wants to give you favor and a position. And he wants to raise you up with favor so that you would find your voice and the courage to act that maybe you have just been raised up for such a time as this. Peter and John, when they, were in, when they were in the presence of the councils, the council members were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were just ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Come on, we're just a bunch of ordinary people with no special training. And our special training doesn't make us significant. It's the fact that we have the presence of God, and they could tell that these were the men who had been with Jesus. And that's what set them apart, and they had a special boldness. Come on, when we understand what we carry, then just like Moses and just like all these other people in the Bible, we're going to act different, behave different. We'll find ourselves refusing to move forward without God's presence. And then just like the Israelites, just like the Israelites and all the greats in the Bible, the only distinguishing factor between us will be the fact that God's presence rests on us. God's presence lives in us. And I, as I was praying and preparing this message, I felt like the Lord gave me this word for our church. so I'm going to prophesy to you this morning. But I believe we're seeing a shift in the body of Christ and in the church that we are going to see more body-driven gatherings and intimate spaces. Body-driven, not leadership-driven, body-driven spaces. Body-driven, intimate gatherings where his presence is being prioritized, filled with people who are hungering and thirsting for his presence, prioritizing the presence, presence over performance, presence over programs, because people are thirsty for revelation, The world is thirsty for revelation, not just information. And when we get a revelation, we will have innovation again in the church. We'll have innovation in the world. But it comes from revelation, from the lips of God found in his presence. And it's going to begin with a passion for his presence. And it's going to start with desperate prayers. A passionate people who are prioritizing his presence through prayer for the indispensable nature of God. So church, I want to encourage you this morning, and we're going to wrap up. I want to encourage you, whatever it costs you, whatever it costs you, be brave to get his presence. Prioritize his presence. Sacrifice to gain his presence because you are carriers, you're influencers, you're ambassadors to the world around you. Don't be surprised when trials come your way. Resist the enemy. Obey God and pray. Not by your own strength, not by your own power, but by his spirit. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Will you stand to your feet? And I'm going to pray over you. I want to declare some things over you this morning. And we're going to give people a chance to receive salvation this morning because if you don't have, if you have not accepted Jesus, you don't carry his presence. And it is the, it is the thing that's going to change your life. But before we, before we do a call for that, I want to declare this over you this morning, church. God has your back. God goes before you, and God is with you. God is for you, and he knows your need. He sees your trial. He is good, and he is always at work on your behalf. If there has been a place in your life where your hope has been shot, and it has, your disappointment has exceeded your faith, God wants to rewrite and rewire that in you this morning because you are carriers of all things good. So Jesus, I pray over your church this morning that you would supercharge them, supercharge them in your presence, God, that you would anoint every head in this house, that you would anoint every ear in this house and every eye in this house. God, that there would be a raising up of boldness a raising up of a prioritizing and a disciplined church who prioritizes your presence. Father God, that we would not be looking for another program to usher in the next move of God, but that we'd be looking to your people. God, we want to surrender our performance-based Christianity and get back to a, a presence, a pursuit of your presence. Meet with us this morning, God just like we met with Moses face to face. We want to linger in your presence a little longer, God. Now, if you're here this morning and you have not accepted Jesus, you don't have the presence, you don't have the comfort, you don't have the wisdom. You drew the short straw in your life, whatever it, this case is. Jesus is available for you right now. You don't have to wait. And I want to I just give you this moment to be brave, And so I'm going to pray with you this morning. If you haven't accepted Jesus and you want to do that, just simply slip your hand in the air with every head bowed and every eye closed. This is not for show. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. Is there anybody here today who wants to give their hearts to Jesus? together, church, because even if you're not raising your hand, I don't want you to miss the opportunity. Jesus, I believe that you're God, and I receive the free gift of your salvation. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change me from the inside out. for making a way for me. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, church, this is our moment. We can be with Jesus right here in his presence to linger a little bit longer, to get filled up, whatever needs you have. Don't miss your chance to come and be with him. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at UniteChurchAK.org. We hope to see you soon.